This is Cultural Quarter of an Hour and I'm Charlotte Foster. Every week we will be exploring the culture of Stoke-on-Trent and the surrounding area. Some weeks I'll be visiting events, other weeks I'll be looking back at our history, but always with an eye on the future. And you'll also hear the stories of the people who make this area just what it is. Culture is all around us. It's in the buildings, it's deep underground, it's in the air, and of course, it's in our blood. Today I have come to Stoke because it is the reopening today of the Heritage Centre at Spode. So there's lots going on today, there's music being played, oat cakes are being cooked for everybody. I'm walking past the oat cakes, resisting the temptation and I'm going to go inside the Heritage Centre. So here we are walking inside, lots of stuff going on. Uh, to my right, you've got some photos up, you've got some beautiful ceramics, there is a model of the site as well. To my left, there is some demonstrations going on, photos of old workers down the uh, bottom there as well, and plenty to have a look around. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a look around, have a chat to a few people, and find out a lot more. My name is Michael Escombe. I'm the manager of the Spode Museum Trust Heritage Centre closed for about three months now over the winter uh, which gives us a chance to redecorate and refurbish all of our museum galleries and our shop and our tea room and um, also allows us to save a few pounds on heating bills frankly because trying to heat a 190 year old factory building isn't cheap isn't cheap for a museum that lives hand to mouth as many museums do uh, but we're reopened today like I say after a three month refurbishment and expansion and um, looking forward to showing all of our visitors the, the things that we've been busy doing over the last three months. So what's new? We've got one new museum gallery, uh, which allows us to, to show off some more of our huge museum collection, most of which is still in storage and has been in storage since the factory closed in 2009. We've re completely refurbished our Blue Willow Tea Room to make it much more of a, of, of a pleasant kind of experience and pleasant atmosphere, a bit more of a vintage tea room. And uh, we've redecorated the shop, we've plugged some holes in the roof. <laughs> We've, I wish I was joking about that. <laughs> Spode does have a lot of holes in the roofs, doesn't it? It does. I mean, that's you know, there are there are joys and challenges with with being in two hundred year old factory buildings, and you know, some of the challenges are that um, they they are in need of maintenance. Uh, but the, the joys are is that there's very few places as atmospheric as this in the whole city. I was going to say, there's something special about this factory, this building, isn't there? Oh, there really is. Yeah, and it's an absolutely fantastic place. You know, it's. Uh, Josiah Spode signed the lease on this factory in 1770 or thereabouts and over over the kind of 250 years since there's been a, a mishmash of different architectures, different styles, different people have left their mark on, on, on this factory and uh, it's a wonderful place, atmospheric, it's characterful, it's, it's an incredible place. I think everybody who works on site you know, absolutely adores being here. If people are coming here for the first time, what is the one thing you would say you can't miss? Um, in, in, within our museum? Oh gosh, well, uh, our Blue Room collection, I think, uh, stands out. That's up on the first floor. It's, in a, it's an accompanied tour 
uh, only, which is um, made clear when people see it because it's uh, it's our the, we think the largest collection of blue and white ware on display anywhere in the world. And unlike most museum displays, um, uh, the, the ware is not displayed behind glass. It's displayed in situ on period furniture, darkwood furniture, which really shows off the the beauty of blue and white ware. Um, that that's a must see. Don't ever let me go near it. <laughs> I am the clumsiest person ever. Do you worry about breakages then? Yes, of course, yeah. yeah. We, the, we have a little talk with our visitors before we start the, the tour of the Blue Room. Bulky coats, rucksacks, things like that. And uh, we just ask people to kind of exercise caution when turning and things like that. But fingers crossed, no breakages yet. So people are coming in for the reopening. How do you feel today? Um, I feel very happy now because as a museum manager, what what we we all want to see uh, visitors in our museum and uh, you know it's packed out today which is absolutely fantastic and uh, so really very excited at the moment very very pleased to be able to show our visitors all the like I say all the changes and developments that we've made um, certainly a lot less stressed than I was about two hours ago <laughs> two hours ago if I'm honest <laughs> and how will you know it's been a success I think through the reaction of our visitors, we have a visitors book you know we encourage people to leave their their thoughts uh, of their visit. Um, I'm sure I'll get a chance to talk to, to many of our visitors during the day. And, uh, you know, we, we've been called a hidden gem. And, and I think that's probably true. Like most museums, we, we have a very small budget and we don't really have a marketing department. So our problem is always getting, getting the word out. Um, but uh, when visitors do find us, you know, unmistakably, they, they, they have a great time here. You know, we, we think we've got something very special here. And we think we're very good storytellers as well at telling a, telling a very good story. We're open Wednesday to Sundays, 10.30 till 4, uh, and bank holidays during the, the, the summer period as well. Admission is free, pop along, and we look forward to seeing you. Ross Irving, I'm the Lord Mayor of Stoke-on-Trent. Here we are at the newly reopened Spode Heritage Centre Museum. What do you make of it? Well, it's stunning. Um, I was lucky to come um, late last year to have a look around to see what was happening and the progress that they've made to what is really the stunning heritage of the Spode history of Stoke. Um, absolutely wonderful. And it, considering that the bulk of it has been done by volunteers um, is a testament to the enthusiasm of the people that have been involved in it. I know the City Council helped by providing the buildings and, and the fabric to do it, but the day-to-day -day organisation and the, even down to things such as sanding down old pieces of furniture have all been done by volunteers. So uh, it is wonderful and it's so vitally important that the history uh, of Spode Pottery, which is not just a history of the city but particularly a history of Stoke Town, is maintained and to the general public to be able to come in and see as they can every day of the week now. And uh, the oat cakes that they've produced today are absolutely stunning. Unfortunately, the Lady Mayoress wasn't able to come down. I've threatened to have her share, but I haven't gone back for the second one yet, but I'm going to do so. What is it about this site, this factory, Spode, that is so special? Well, of course, it, it goes back to the history of the potteries in the 1700s. I mean, Josiah Spode established the works here, I forget the actual date, but well into the uh, 1700s. And I mean, Spode is just a name world renowned for the quality, I mean, uh, of stunning designs. And I mean, they were, they used to have commissions from people like the Tsars of Russia and Napoleon uh, in France 
they, they were renowned as the finest potters in the world at the time. And when you see some of the pieces that are here now, I mean, you dread to think what it would cost you to buy a dinner service like it. I mean, you'd be talking of hundreds of thousands of pounds. But it is the history and the skills of the people of Stoke-on-Trent which are on show here today. And, you know, you look at the work of the guilders, the paintresses and everybody else, and it's, it's a history of the people of the city. So this is the history. What is the future? Well, the future is to maintain and improve on um, the displays here and to ensure that they're open to the public for them to come and have a look because the worry at the time when Spode closed was that we would lose all this and it was a combination of the enthusiasm of people such as Paul Wood who was the MD here to ensure that um, it was maintained and developed and the City Council again realised the importance of Spode and I think the combination of the two, the volunteers, the council uh, coming together has, has maintained that and it's important that it continues. And I, I see with the enthusiasm of people such as Paul, I know that next year there'll be new things arriving. Uh, I dread to think how you would go on to have to clean it all and everything else, but I've thoroughly enjoyed looking at what's available to see. And I, I used to, I'm an inveterate moocher. And I used to always come at lunch breaks in the city council and have a look at Spode in the factory shop. And I'd always come out with a, a carrier bag with something of interest in it. The problem I've now got, of course, I've got every single drawer and cupboard packed at home with bits of Spode. But uh, it is just a testament to the people of the city. It's the history of the city. And it's just so vitally important that we maintain and promote it. My name is Paul Wood and uh, currently I'm the chairman of the Spode Museum Trust. Uh, I used to be, for 20-odd years, the managing director of Spode, um, and I've worked here since I was 15. So I've been dragged out of retirement to, uh, to get it uh, going again. So it's the reopening of the centre today. How does it feel? It's very exciting because um, uh, it's nice to see the, the thing developing again. From It was pretty well derelict when the company went into administration. The council have been, I have to say, very helpful in terms of providing us with a space and refurbished and, and uh, ready for us. But of course, when the company went into administration, the, the entire collection, which was protected by a trust, went off-site into all sorts of places that nobody could see it. And our remit is to bring it back onto the Spode site um, and uh, a bit at a time, which is what we're doing because it's a huge collection. And uh, we've got a nice display today, so it'll, it'll continue to develop, no doubt. Um, yes. With, with all your history connected to the site, how does it feel coming in here? A very mixed feeling, because it was, uh, although, although I was managing director, it's not for me to say, but people seemed to love working here. It had a nice atmosphere, and they were very, very upset uh, when it was uh, closed. Um, but it's also exciting to see elements of it coming back into use and being redecorated and restored. Um, and I can still see the, in my head the ghosts of the people and so on. But a lot of people, now they know this is open, they wouldn't have come onto the site because they were still upset about it. But now they can see life coming back. Uh, I've seen quite a lot of the, uh, as I call them, the old spodies, who are um, coming in and some in tears and... Uh, but really enjoying seeing the, uh, the, the story coming back to life again. How special a site is Spode? Because for me, it, there's something magical in these walls. 
Uh, it really does seem to have that effect on people when they when they come on. It's got, it seems to come out the out, out of the wall somehow, but um, it is very very special in that it is now the only remaining genuine Georgian factory left from the Industrial Revolution. It was started here in you know 1770 and um, uh, was in continuous production on this site uh, until very recently. So and all that history was never thrown away. It was always here. Uh, and it isn't as if the factory's moved into a concrete block somewhere. It's, it's as it was, more or less, and um, it has its own unique charm. It's almost a village, really. There's 170 buildings, lots of alleyways and walkways and things like that, and they just have this tremendous atmosphere. Did you ever get lost walking around here? No, uh, but the, there were actually... Uh, when I was managing director, there were 172 buildings, I think it was. And when I retired, after 44 years working here, um, there were some I'd never been in, um, because I'd never needed to. And uh, I always find that rather rather odd if you think about it, you know. <laughs> I was the MD and I'd never been in bits of it. But um, uh, it was always a wonderful uh, place to work with, with a great team of people. What do you think the future is looking like for for Spode, for the Heritage Centre and for the site in general and the town of Stoke? Well, the, the, the <coughs> originally, of course, this Spode being a huge site with employing so many people was the focus of the economic activity in, in Stoke, certainly after Minton went. Uh, Port Marion are doing well, um, uh, and that's another plus. But there is a huge market and grey market for visitors and we used to have, in, in the days when the, f- when the shop was fully operational, we had 250,000 people a year visiting this site, which is enormous. And then, of course, the, the economic ripples from that are, are very significant. Um, so that's really why the council have gotten behind us as the centre for that sort of development to grow and the attraction to grow. Um, and we, we aren't even one quarter finished yet in terms of what we're doing. But the council have been supportive of the idea of further development, um, and if we can get funding from certain grant funding bodies, national bodies and so on, uh, to pay for it, then that's our next step. It'll just get bigger and bigger, um, and there's so much to see. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot about the site here at Spode. And of course, there'll be more to come as well. There'll be some photos on uh, Facebook and on our website. You can get in touch on social media. Facebook, it is Cultural Quarter of an Hour Podcast. On Twitter, at CQHpod. The website is cqhpod.co.uk. And don't forget, of course, the podcast comes out every Wednesday.